Well, good morning. I love that. There you go. Somebody's awake back there. Well, before we get started this morning, uh, I'd love to say just a couple of things, if I may. First, I would love to introduce my wonderful wife. Um, she'll kill me afterwards. But anyway, um, I could not have a better partner for life. Um, I want you to meet her. Her name is Dory. She's right here. Some of you have met her before. And... She's, off, she's been here some, but mainly in Lexington because she teaches a bunch of classes over there, but I'm delighted that we get to live out our lives together. And um, a little bit of a surprise is our son, Andrew. He's really going to kill me. Um, he heads back to Skidmore uh, today, and I didn't expect that he would be able to make it here, so thank you, Andrew, for being here. Uh, second thing I would love to say is uh, I have loved being your interim campus pastor. I've loved getting to know you. I've loved leading you. I've loved being with the staff and the leadership team. And I just want to tell you what a joy it's been to, to be here. And uh, you'll be delighted to know that we're nearing the end of the search process for our campus pastor. We've had some starts and stops, but we are on our way and getting, getting close. Um, one of the joys in being back in Watertown has been renewing uh, relationships with some of my heroes, and those are the Community Church of Watertown folks that so courageously gave us, well actually they sold this to us for a dollar, but uh, they gave us this building to continue the ministry. Uh, and I wanna give a, a shout out to one of those members, Charlie. Charlie, can I have you stand just for a second? Charlie is turning 96 tomorrow. Well, the last couple of weeks, we have been focusing our attention on Grace Chapel's bold new vision to change the spiritual landscape of the greater Boston area by making and mobilizing more disciples. It's an exciting new vision. And I thought this morning it would be important for us to wrestle with two questions and answer two questions. First, what is our Watertown go? Um, we, <clears throat> we know that uh, Jesus' very mission was summed up in his last words when he said to his disciples right before he left, therefore, go. So I want us to wrestle with what is our Watertown go? What is our unique call to change the spiritual landscape of our Watertown area? And second, what is our individual go? Each of us, what, what does God have for us to contribute to changing this landscape? I believe our go is found in some words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And as I thought about it this past week, the church in Corinth and the church in Watertown actually are very, uh, I'm not ready for the scripture, thank you, very, um, are very similar in many ways. Uh, that the, when Paul wrote the letter to the Corinthians, they, they were only two years old, and we're three years old. Uh, they <clears throat> were living in, in Corinth, the church was living in a very secular culture, very pagan culture, uh, and they felt like they were swimming upstream. Do you ever feel that way? 
uh, they were in midst of transition. And so it's fascinating to think, what, what did Paul write them to say, how did he encourage and challenge them to change the spiritual landscape of Corinth? So we're going to look at a passage. Now you can put the passage up. Um, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, 14 through 17. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. Paul's actually using an image here that would have been very familiar to his readers in, in Corinth. And it's, the, it's the, the picture, the image of a military parade. Turns out when Rome, when, when one of the uh, commanders had a, a great, great victory when he had killed at least 5,000 people in, in a battle, when he had extended the boundaries of the state, and when he had ended a particular war, Caesar said, let's throw a party. Let's have a massive parade, a military parade. And it was an amazing pageant. Uh, the conqueror rode in this massive chariot with four horses. He had a robe embroidered with gold. Uh, the, the, the temples were all open along the parade route. And uh, incense was burning and, the, and flowers were everywhere. And just the sweet smell of victory was in the air. And, and all the people that had been conquered, the prisoners of war, had to walk behind the conqueror. And... <clears throat> The spoils of war, the, the arts, the art that had been captured, and the silver and the gold, all of that was in this long train, this parade. So Paul uses, of all things, when he's encouraging the church in Corinth, the image of a parade, a parade, a military parade, but not just any old parade. The air was filled with the victory of Rome. So as I read this one more time, I want you to think in terms of that image that Paul is leaving with his readers. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the smell of death. To the other, the fragrance of life. Can you picture that parade that he's describing? Paul is using this image to encourage those in Corinth that, that this grand celebration, this military victory parade could not even come close to what, to the parading triumph of Christ. Paul speaks ex elsewhere when he says to the church in Colossae, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, Christ, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over them by the cross. What an amazing picture that Paul was painting for the Corinthians, and I believe for us here in Watertown. Christ, 
our conquering king, leading the ticker tape parade, spreading the fragrance of who he is everywhere. Christ, our conquering king, making public exhibition of the spoils of war. Think about it, everything evil, famine, abuse, alcoholism, sickness, pain, violence, greed, and all other forms of evil and self-centeredness, and all the smells, the, the aroma of victory, of, of, of good, of justice, of peace, of love, the very fragrance of God. This kind of fragrance is referred to numerous times throughout scripture when sacrifices were said to be a pleasing aroma to God. And we all know the ultimate sacrifice and pleasing fragrance to God was the sacrifice of his own son. Paul says in Ephesians 5.2, live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Jesus poured out his blood, filling the whole earth with the fragrance of the sacrifice, his sacrifice for all of humanity. Get it, God became an aroma for all to smell. Well, how does all that tie in with our go? I believe our go, our contribution to winning this battle, changing the landscape of our part of greater Boston, is found embedded in this picture, in this image that Paul is painting. I believe our go is to spread the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. To spread the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. <clears throat> what does the fragrance of Christ smell like today? I would say it smells like justice. When we treat people uh, with dignity and respect, no matter what our differences with our words and our deeds. The fragrance of Christ is grace when we believe the best about each other and uh, we love each other unconditionally. It's beauty of all forms, art and music and dance. The aroma of Christ is other-centeredness when we think more about our neighbor's needs than, than our own. The fragrance of Christ is sweet and I want you to know that I have been smelling the fragrance of Christ here in Watertown. Where do I smell the fragrance of Christ? Every time I go down in Kidstown and I see kids uh, learning the Bible and being loved by adults. Uh, when I see the middle schoolers down there playing broom ball and adults mentoring them in the process of that, killing each other. <laughs> I smell the fragrance of Christ when 25 middle schoolers ha get together over at the Freedman's house, okay, the Freedman's over there, and uh, half the neighborhood from Rachel and Alex have, have been invited by the two of them. I smell the, the fragrance of Christ whenever I hear about a scavenger hunt or a skating party or any time our kids and youth uh, get together. Harvest Fest. I smell the fragrance of Christ when there's over 800 people out in the lawn all being loved by volunteers 
who are serving free food and uh, giving kids activities to, to enjoy with no strings attached. I smell the fragrance of Christ every time we worship. Just like this morning when Mike and the team are leading us, when they're helping us to refocus our attention on, on God and what's most important in scripture and prayer. And when we all meet together and we care for each other with vibrant community. I smell the fragrance of Christ when I talk to some of the nursery school workers that uh, utilize this space Monday through Friday. Um, they're, they're often amazed at how we love them even when it's inconvenient to us to have them here at times. I smell the fragrance of Christ in our midst. And I just wanna say I've loved uh, smelling it and I've loved being a part of it. God is here, God is at work, God is moving and spreading his fragrance through us here in Watertown. And I also smelled the fragrance of Christ a couple months ago when I sat with uh, Jim and Nicole Biggins. And we were having this great breakfast, so I was smelling the bacon, that was really nice too, but, uh, but I, I asked them to tell me a little bit of their faith journey, and what I smelled was the fragrance of Christ. And it's left such an impression on me, I, I've asked them, I've been pestering them if they would come give their, their story this morning. Would you like to hear it? Um, so, come on up. Thank you. I might need to take a few more showers if he can smell me that way. <laughs> uh, so I grew up in a religious household. Uh, we went to church every Sunday at our parish right here in Watertown down the street. We basically had to be dying for my dad to let us stay home from church. Uh, we were baptized there. We experienced all of our significant life events there. And I went to a religious college where I also attended church regularly. I was what I at the time would have considered a good Christian. After all, I went to church, I received communion, I spoke to God regularly, and I tried to be a good person. However, over the years, and in part uh, as a result of developing a relationship with Jim, I began to wonder if I really was this person of faith that I perceived myself to be, or whether I was more a person of obligation. Sure, I knew God to some degree through prayer, both privately, with my family, and at church. But more and more, I was troubled with the sense that I really didn't have the relationship with him that I thought I had or that I wanted to have. I never really liked going to church. I attended primarily to make my parents happy and because that's what I thought God wanted us to do. Yet for all of those years sitting in a pew and attending Sunday school, I could only relay the greatest hits of the Bible. I started to question all of the tradition, the formality, and even the teachings of the church and wondered what all this meant for my relationship with God and his son, Jesus. I feel like it must have been the bacon. Uh, <laughs> for me, uh, for those of you who know me, I'm not very good at expressing my faith and, and don't talk about it all that much. Um, it's, but when Richard asked me to uh, come up here, I, I couldn't say no. Mm. Um, my, my story is pretty simple. There's really four chapters. I grew up uh, in a Christian home, uh, went to Sunday school, got baptized. But oddly enough, and I still, still can't figure it out to this day, we never went to church. 
Um, and so, although I, I felt our family was a good family and, and a family of faith, I didn't really know Jesus and, and didn't know really what it was like to, to be a Christian. Uh, and the second phase was in college. Uh, ended up getting a manufacturing job, uh, second shift to, to pay my way through school, and uh, ended up working with uh, a bunch of Christians. And uh, it was really more of a captive audience uh, than a willing participant. Um, but they did get me, <clears throat> excuse me, they did get me to think about my faith more um, and explore it, and, and actually got me to go to church once or twice. But uh, really became a little too too much for me, and, and, and that kind of phased out. Uh, towards the end of college, uh, chapter three with Nicole. Uh, we talked a lot about faith and what it meant, um, had a lot of spirited discussions about uh, how, we, how we viewed it. And as things became more serious, uh, we started talking about having a family uh, and, and you know, knew that we wanted to bring our family up in a Christian home, but had very different ideas about what that looked like and, and explored our options. And, and Nicole will go into a lot more detail than that. Uh, and then the, fo- and the fourth, which is being written now, is, is here at Grace and developing our, our family here and our faith uh, together as a family and with our two small children, uh, Sophia and Emma. Uh, one is three and the other is six. I'm sure you've seen them run. What's that? Uh, six months, yeah. Uh, thank you. But anyways, um, Nicole can, can tell you the rest of our story. So as Jim said, we, we felt like there had to be something more for, for both of us individually, but also for us as a couple. Uh, we agreed that we wanted to practice our faith, as Jim said, and we really wanted to bring our hoped-for future children up in a Christian home. But we couldn't exactly determine how or where we could find some common ground. So over the course of two years or so, we tried out many churches. Uh, I personally find, found myself hesitant to abandon the very traditions and formality that I thought I wanted to get away from. Uh, Nevertheless, we tried three or four churches in the area, but we felt like we were going to church out of obligation still. And we longed for a community that, dare we say, actually enjoyed going to church. And we wondered if that actually existed. We attended a startup church at one point with some of our friends, uh, which was the complete opposite of the tradition and formality we had been used to, and probably a little too extreme of a change for us at that time, Uh, but there it was refreshing for us to see people excited about God and about worship and about their community. All throughout our search for a new church home, my cousin Dave and his wife Nicole, who are here today, uh, kept talking to us about Grace Chapel and how much they enjoyed it. To be completely honest, I think Jim was on board right away, and I was the most hesitant to try it out. I can't, exa- can't exactly say what I was afraid about, but, but I was afraid. Nonetheless, we decided to give it a try. How bad could it be? I mean, after all, Dave and Nicole were relatively normal people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, each time we attended, we felt like Pastor Brian had read our minds during the week when he prepared his sermon. There was always something he spoke about that rang true for us, and we felt like God was working through him to speak to us. We left church each week feeling rejuvenated, excited, and grateful that this Grace Chapel place understood real people, real life, and that, as a result, we could more deeply intertwine our personal lives with our faith. We came back week after week for about a year and a half. Then, when the Watertown campus opportunity was announced, Uh, we excitedly decided to join, not only for its proximity to our house, uh, but also because of the smaller community it provided. 
a community we hoped we could get to know. Over time, through Alpha Life Communities, some volunteering, and, and like uh, Richard said, Harvest Fest and other great activities, as well as weekly worship, we've deepened and widened our understanding of and relationship with Jesus and gained a growing community of friends along the way, a community that we hope to get to know even better going forward. Personally, the journey to Grace Chapel hasn't been entirely smooth. I personally struggled for a long time, leaving everything I knew from my church upbringing. I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I still greatly value the introduction to the Christian community and the rites of passage that I went through there. However, uh, it all came down to both Jim and I agreed that we love the message we leave with here, we love the music, and we love the community. We couldn't ask for a warmer and not scary at all place <laughs> to deepen our relationship with Jesus and to raise our children in God's love. There's no question we both have a long way to go on our, our faith journeys, but we're grateful to be doing it here. Well, did you smell the fragrance of Christ in their story? Thank you so much for your willingness uh, to do that, to, to come and stand and, and share. So God is here. He's moving. He, we're already filling Watertown with his fragrance. But we don't want to stop until our whole area smells and experiences his love. How does he want to increase the fragrance of himself so that everyone smells his peace, his joy, his forgiveness, his love, his connection? You know, as I talk with our staff and our leadership team and uh, <clears throat> the outreach task force that's led by Kyle, um, and as I have coffee and conversation with many of you, and as I pray for us as a congregation, uh, there are a few dreams that God is putting on our hearts, our go, our Watertown go. We dream of the day when we love each other so thoroughly, so beautifully, that others beg to be a part of us. Where the fragrance of our love pours out and is smelled by anyone who comes in contact with us. Anyone who asks us what we did over the weekend or why there's so many cars parked at our house or why our kids keep going off to these fun church activities. Where we meet the volatility and often vitriol of our world with Christ's love through us. We dream of the day when we spend more time outside these walls loving our neighbors and coworkers and classmates even than we do inside. We dream of the day when we serve our surrounding neighborhood as a community center, where kids are coming for after-school play and tutoring, where, where this field beside us is a free ice skating rink in the winter, a harvest party in the fall, and a hangout the rest of the year. A place that smells so good to the neighbors that that if we were to say, mm, you know, we need to move, they would beg us to stay. They would say, you have been so good for our kids and our family that we can't imagine if you weren't here. We dream of the day when the town can smell Christ by our very presence, 
when the town manager comes on a Sunday morning and he, he stands up and he thanks us because we served a need in the town that they just didn't have volunteers to do. When we serve alongside and rub shoulders with folks from other churches and other organizations in town, as we work together on issues of justice and mercy, we dream of a day when every person that we encounter, whether it be here at church, in our neighborhood, in the classroom, uh, at work, smells the aroma of Christ. And I don't know about you, but I think our area needs the fragrance of Christ. Uh, Watertown, just take Watertown, 34,000 people within our 3.2 square mile town. And 5,000 of those are under the age of 18. 13,000 say they have no religious affiliation whatsoever. Our town needs the fragrance of Christ being spread through each and every one of us. The need is really great. But what if people smell Christ and don't respond? What if they reject the sweet fragrance of Christ? Well, Paul addresses this in verses 15 and 16 from our passage. He says, for we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. During this Roman military procession, this grand parade, there were those, the victors, um, for whom the smell of victory was sweet and life-giving. Think uh, duck boat parades. But for others, the prisoners of war, it was the worst smell possible. It was the smell of defeat. It was the smell of death. Think New York Giants ticker tape parade after winning the Super Bowl against the Patriots. It smelled really bad. And that is how the fragrance of Christ will be received by those around us as well. Some will smell it as life-giving and some as life-taking. I, I met uh, a couple of months ago with a guy, his name is Gary, uh, and we had coffee and he was telling me all about how he had lived this life apart from God and all of a sudden his wife had dragged him to church and he was listening to these messages and God was working in his life and he just feels that God has transformed his life through a relationship with Jesus. And his whole life is like upside down wonderful. And he blurted out at the end of this coffee, he says, Richard, why is it that everybody doesn't see this? And then I said, well, why didn't you see it for all? No. Um, <laughs> Paul is telling us that some will receive the fragrance of Christ and others will not. But it is not our responsibility for the receptivity of the fragrance. Our job, our privilege, our joy is to spread it. Jesus is the hope of the world. He's the hope of Watertown. He's the hope of each of us. And he's the hope of our neighbors, coworkers, and classmates. There's not a single person that we rub shoulders with whose life would not be better off by being touched by Jesus, by smelling the fragrance of Christ. Think, think of your world for a moment. Think of neighbors, coworkers, classmates. Which of them would not be more fulfilled, more forgiven, more at peace by being touched? 
by the one who ultimately brings forgiveness, fulfillment, and peace. Who in our surrounding town would not be living a richer life if they were not living life with God rather than life without God? Well, this is the answer to our question, our Watertown Go. It's to be a community that spreads the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. The next few uh, months, uh, Kyle and the uh, outreach task force and the leadership team are gonna be um, uh, giving a lot of prayer and and conversation to figuring out the specifics of our go, uh, how we will spread this fragrance of Christ. And I'm so thrilled that we will be going together as a congregation. Well, all of this begs our second question. How do each of us contribute to this church-wide go? What is our individual go? How can each of us spread the fragrance of Christ? Well, when answering this question, you might, like me, have several reactions. You might feel overwhelmed. The culture feels too far gone. People seem not only disinterested but antagonistic. And there's simply just too many of them to reach. I I often feel inadequate and overpowered by the enormity of being the fragrance of Christ. You ever feel that way? Well, this passage uh, this morning gives me hope. I'm reminded that I am not the fragrance. Christ is the fragrance. I am the bottle. Now, has anybody been wondering at all about these? Okay. these are not my perfumes, okay, but um, they, they are sweet-smelling fragrances in bottles. And I, we are the bottle. Jesus is the fragrance. Now, if I was to open any of these, um, it would take over this room because that's the way the fragrance of Christ is. He permeates everything when we let him out, when we let his love out, when we let his... Um, community out when we allow his forgiveness to reach other people. My role, our role, is to offer him our time, our talent, our finances, to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice, fragrance that he can use by loving the person right in front of us. Do you ever ever get overwhelmed in large crowds? Sometimes I look at that crowd like at um, the airport or at a game or something, I I get overwhelmed by how many people I wish could smell the fragrance of Christ. Well, the Lord is teaching me that I'm not trying to spread it to everybody. He's given me somebody that I'm sitting beside or someone in my path that he wants me to love and press value into. So his call is to spread the fragrance of Christ with who he brings into my path. Well, maybe you feel that what you can contribute is just too small to make a difference. That volunteering to welcome new families in Kidstown or making cookies to take to a neighbor who's struggling is just not really gonna help all that much. Well, we have a perfect example in our congregation of uh, where your contribution can make a difference. Where's Noah? Noah, okay, raise your hand, Noah. Stand up so everybody can see you, okay? Um, Noah made a great suggestion to our cafe team uh, a week or so ago. And uh, his line was, instant human, just add coffee. He's recruiting, he's recruiting more cafe workers. 
all right? That has gotten a lot of attention, and he even has one more this morning. What was that? The coffee was late, so you said? Sorry, it's latte. <laughs> so see how we can all contribute to being the fragrance of Christ. See, I want to remind us that a bunch of small contributions add up. Remember when hundreds of us worked to get this building ready to, to, to worship? Many hands made light work. Fragrance might be small, but it's powerful when it's Christ's fragrance. Well, your reaction might be, it's just too hard to let go. You fear you will not have enough time or energy or money left for yourself. This is especially true for me when it comes to our finances. Sometimes I want to hold on to our money because I want to make sure we have enough. But Dory and I found over the years that the most satisfying use of our financial resources is actually to give them away. It keeps us from allowing our attachment to things uh, to not become greater than our attachment to him and his mission. There, there's a, a story I want to tell you about that helps me picture all of this. It's about our little dog, Maddie. Oh, sorry, Dory. There she is. She is precious. She's a little cockapoo, uh, and she is the most affectionate dog you've ever met. When we come home, she turns circles, runs all on top of all the furniture, jumps in your arms, licks you, just goes crazy. She is the most affectionate dog I've ever been around. There's only one problem with Maddie. She has, she loves dirty old socks. Yep, she has a sock fetish, okay? So the only time that Maddie doesn't jump in your arms when you come home is when she has a dirty old sock and you have to go hunt and find her and it is, a, it is so hard to wrestle this sock. She becomes Jekyll and Hyde. She becomes really vicious. Well, one day when I had her in a pastoral uh, conference with myself, I was talking to her and I said, Maddie, I said, don't you realize that the thing you really love the most is being in our arms? Why do you hang on to this dirty old sock when you could have us? She didn't really respond to that. She's still in therapy. But, uh, <laughs> but the Lord spoke to me. He said, Richard, this is kind of what you tend to do when you hold on to your things. They, that created them, they're for you, but you hold on to them so tightly that you don't get to hold on to me. And I, I thought, wow, okay, that Maddie just taught me a lesson. <laughs> so maybe there, maybe there are things that... Uh, we hold on to um, that, that we think would just be a great loss, but they can't come close to the joy of what we really want and need, and that is being connected to God himself. My longing for each of us is that we grow in our giving back to God in terms of in finances, that, that if you've not begun giving, that you will start. If you've been giving but not regularly, that you will become consistent in your giving. If you give regularly, that you will consider increasing your giving. I want to encourage each of us to grow towards being overwhelmingly generous and giving back to God so that he can, through us, spread the fragrance of himself to our community. I thought Judy did a great job last week. Did you catch her interview? In, Le in Lexington, 
You did a great job of talking about the struggle that this is, of, of letting go, um, but the joy of seeing God use not just our finances, but our time and our energy uh, and our service for his sake. So what is God saying to you about your personal go? Where do you already rub shoulders with folks that need to smell the fragrance of Christ? How is he speaking to you about your time, your talents, your finances? Well, I hope over the next week that we will all be asking the Lord what go he has in mind for us to spread the fragrance of Christ. I hope that you will take this next brochure you got in the mail, and if you didn't, there's some on the back um, table. I hope that you'll take that and read it and pray over it and listen for God's voice. Uh, you also received a commitment card with the brochure, and next week we'll have the opportunity to prayerfully fill that out. Well, no one's gonna tell you what to give. That's up to you and the Lord. Maybe you are not able to give financially at this time, but you can give of your time and energy and skill. We all can contribute to spreading the aroma of Christ. Well, in conclusion, I'd like to look back over our wonderful Watertown story. As I remember the courageous and visionary Community Church of Watertown folks that gave us this building, as I recall Grace Chapel Lexington sending a hundred of us and a, a million dollars to, to get this building ready. As I look back on the sacrifices that so many put in of their time, talent, and treasure, I'm so grateful, I'm so filled with joy. We've all benefited from the gifts of others and from ourselves. And the fragrance of Christ has been loosened in Watertown. And it's a beautiful life-giving smell of his presence, his forgiveness, his joy, his peace, his transforming love. Can you smell it? I'd like to close by reading the message, paraphrase of this passage. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way to salvation, an aroma redolent with life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that you have called us to be, to spread your fragrance, fragrance of who you are to each person we meet. We pray that even this next week you will show us different places where we can, we, we can emanate your fragrance, that we can share your love with others. Meet us in each of these places. Give us what to say, what to do, how to let you out of the vessel that you've given us that others might know your love and forgiveness. We pray as a congregation that you help us to know exactly what the specifics are of the go to change the spiritual landscape of Watertown in our area. And we thank you that you go with us to spread your fragrance everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.